0: Well, good to be here. Good to see everyone. hope you're doing well. Um, As we normally do, just as a little forewarning, we're going to have a bit of a discussion today. So I hope you're prepared to dive in together. We're going to look at, just as Tom was saying, um, part 10 of our series, slowly, we're only in chapter 3, part 10, (laughs) but slowly, like methodically, really detail-wise, looking at Jesus through the lens of Mark or John Mark uh, who wrote this amazing book um, and we're gonna get in there in a second uh, I know last week we had to take a little pause thank you for your flexibility as we were getting over some sickness um, but this week we're gonna jump back in we'll get there in a minute so uh, mark 3 if you want to like turn your Bibles there or apps there or whatever but before we do that today uh, Jesus is gonna give a few of his disciples some nicknames so I thought it would be fun if we, uh, if you wouldn't mind, turning to a neighbor and mm-hmm. disclosing your favorite nickname that you've uh, you've ever been given in your life. Let's go. Turn to a neighbor.
1: I
2: had a handful
3: of friends that would come in I believe, so they believe the other. I think they believe, Which, uh, I'm trying to remember how that came about. That was actually yeah. my. That was more yeah. like my
1: YouTube. That sounds funny all
0: next person share i i but
1: actually <laughs>
3: All
0: right, let's (laughs) bring it back. Let's bring it back together. Oh, we don't share that. I don't know. Um, it's probably not very flattering, it's Rox, I'm not listening, hey! Um, alright, uh, I wanna hear some good ones, Sh- shout out, volunteer neighbor, hear some good nicknames.
3: People call it a main Big Mac. Big Mac! Yes! In high school softball. not make sense if you didn't know her original
0: name. Yeah, my main name's McPherson, so uh, <laughs> that's where it comes from. <laughs> I should bring that back, I think. Nice. One of the good
3: stories. Well, we just quoted a guy's hip and playing soccer. Like, and his players then called him bro- bro- rugby. Rock, Rock, yeah. Rugby.
2: Rugby. <laughs> <me. laughs>
0: Fantastic. Another one? Tanner's, I feel like, has to have a good nickname. T Beige. T Beige. T Beige. <laughs> Hannah, I feel like, probably has a good nickname. I have many. Hannah Spanner, and then the other one was Mint Sauce. Mint, I, Mint <laughs> Sauce? <laughs> I, made an, I made
2: a name of Hannah Lamb. Oh, oh uh, yes. It's getting called
0: Minty. Mint Sauce. <laughs> yeah, I love Mint Sauce. <laughs> Mint <laughs> Sauce. <laughs> or Lucky. Lucky Alexa. legs are awesome. That's awesome. Uh, when I was in. Uh, I I had gradu- I had finished freshman year of college and um I don't know what got into me but I had determined that summer that I you know I'd always been kinda of just a scrawny kid and um and I was going to work out that summer and Let's I was go. gonna get swole.
2: See it worked <laughs>
0: It may, have, it may have like coincided with a breakup at the end of freshman year I don't know but so me and my buddy um, decided that that summer we were going to work out every day, so Franklin Athletic Club outside of Nashville, Franklin, Tennessee yeah you know this uh, 24/ seven gym every day me and my uh, my buddy Steven would go there I mean sometimes twice a day I'd work at, I was working at a barbecue restaurant, famous days we'd get off at like ten o'clock. And like, we go hit the gym, I mean, seriously, yes, you did not know the side of me. No. But, the the payoff, can you not tell, Billy? Uh, So uh, uh, the payoff though, I was, so after that summer, (laughs) Kelsey's saying I'm the payoff, yeah. Uh, After after that summer, uh, I was moving back into the dorms sophomore year and uh, moving my stuff And across from the parking lot, my other friend, uh, Steve, who actually is also nicknamed, his his nickname is Horse. So we always called him Horse. Long story, but Horse (laughs) shouted across the parking lot. He said, Tim's arms! Tim's arms! Because I was wearing like a a sleeveless shirt and trying to show off my guns. And I knew I had made it at that point. (laughs) And so for the next three years in college, all all my buddies called me Tim's arms. Um, Did you keep him up for those three years? No. No, that was the no. peak. It's, it's been downhill. I early. <laughs> uh, gone downhill from here. So that really had nothing to do with the story, except to get us talking. Uh, <laughs> because, but, but actually, we're going to read two stories. We're going to read two stories back to back. And they're kind of different, but they're actually very related. Um, there's a lot of contrasts here in this story, so maybe you'll pick up on some of these things, but two different episodes in Mark 3, chapter, se- or verse, chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. Um, but in both of these, you'll notice, um, I already said Jesus gives his disciples nicknames, but there's also, someone's giving Jesus, someone's naming Jesus in the first, uh, the, the first story, so that's one of the first parallels I give you. Um, but I want to ask for a couple of volunteers. First... Uh, If you wouldn't mind volunteering to read it, I actually chose the ESV this time, the NIV, uh, just because there's some word choices that I think come across in the ESV a little bit more. So if you could read it in the ESV and we could follow along on the screen, that'd be great. Second volunteer would love for you to listen and then restate the story in your own words. So don't read it, but just listen what's going on and then tell the story as if you were just telling a friend what happened. Can I get two volunteers?
2: I'll read.
0: Manette, you'll read? I'll read. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Before before you do that, anyone volunteer want to be brave enough to restate it in their own words? I'm going to call on someone. Billy, would you be happy to do that? Awesome. All right, Manette.
2: Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea, and Jerusalem, and a new one, Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan, and from around Tyre and Sidon, Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him, and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him, for he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those who he desired and they came to him. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the 12 Simon to whom he gave the name Peter James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name, <laughs> Bonner... I forgot to pronounce that. Bonner... sons of thunder, I know sons of thunder.
0: <laughs> really,
2: but, <yeah. laughs> Andrew and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him.
0: Thank you so much, Minette. That's awesome. Pronunciations. Yes, Glad. that's why I got someone else to read it. Uh, <laughs> uh, just I meant to say this before you read, but just before you, if you can hold on to it, Billy. Um, just a little context here, because it's been a couple of weeks. If you remember, back a couple of weeks ago, when Tom you were speaking, um, Jesus healed on the Sabbath right before this, and uh, kind of in spite of the religious leaders of the day. And it said the last verse, verse six, right before this, it said the Herodians and the Pharisees conspired together and they decided, they determined they were going to kill, they are plotting to kill Jesus. So this is actually marks a pretty, a turning point in Jesus' life, or Jesus' ministry. From, the, from, from verse six on, he had basically permanent, permanently alienated kind of the elites. So, and actually, the Herodians and the and the Pharisees were not in the same camp. They were kind of enemy. They were enemies, you know. But they were the two powerful um, kind of elites of the day. And Jesus succeeded in uniting them, but unfortunately against himself, uh, right? So he 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 would he had already kind of alienated them, and then simultaneously, I think, as we'll see in. You know, as we as we discuss this, Jesus is at I think the pinnacle of his popularity. Like he's never going to be more popular than he is right now, um, at least in the <laughs> in before his crucifixion, uh, in in the story. Um, so so that's kind of some context just to get your head around it. Billy, could you just share? You don't have to get it all right, but just if you were sharing this with a friend, how would you recount these two stories? So I. I'm gonna put it in like local terms. It's helping me remember it.
3: It's like Jesus was in San Mateo. <laughs> I like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: thank
3: you, thank you. A lot of people like it. People are coming from San Jose and San and San Francisco and Oakland and Pacifica. They were coming from all these different cities to come see him because we're not out. And he was, and they were, they were surrounding him, like really almost crushing him because they were just clamoring to get, get to him. So he took his disciples and jumped on a boat and went out into the bay to kind of get separate separate himself and took it up north and then grabbed a small handful of those disciples, the ones that he wanted, and went to Mount Temple Pais. <laughs> <laughs> took them up on the mountain. And there kind of sat them down and, and picked out 12 apostles who would be leaders with them going forward given the backstory of what you just said things are getting intense right it's getting really real they're, they're looking to kill jesus and he's now like officially cementing his team and yeah through that process like picks them and to a few of them gives nicknames oh i missed the part i'm gonna rewind that back to san mateo <laughs> where during, before he left on the boat, there were, there were demon-possessed people or people had unclean spirits in them and th- he was casting them out and actually the spirits were saying you are the son of God yes. and like claiming that. So from a very spiritual point of view, that was happening. And then he bailed and then called his the disciples and, and gave them nicknames
0: like Tom the Bond. <laughs> 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 like, like, the rugby. <laughs> like rugby, <laughs> <And> mint sauce. <laughs> mint um, sauce. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, that was awesome, Billy. Really. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, well, I love it. Uh, I love even the contextualization. I was I was personally hoping you were going to go for Mountain Diablo. I almost <laughs> picked it <laughs> just because of the, uh, the irony <laughs> in it, but Tomapaz. I was on, I was
3: like a coin flip in my
0: head. It was like <laughs> Uh, very cool well good Um, so before we get into it too far I mean just scan back over the text again what do you notice what stands out to you what maybe maybe there was a word or a repeated phrase or some contrast or just something that God maybe highlighted to you in the moment anything that stood out to to you stories
3: One thing for me is when he says, we also need apostles, and he lists three things, kind of like the three primary things. Yes. Be with them. Yes. And to do the miraculous cast out Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's love that be with him
0: is first. Yes. With Jesus. Yeah, that's huge. He chose them. We'll dive into that more in a bit, but chose them to be with him. (laughs) It's like, it's crazy.
2: I love how the TV series *The Chosen* is fleshing out all these Mm. personalities of disciples who were real men with distinct personalities that were thrown together in this group that didn't necessarily, you know, hang out together before. Mm -hmm. They all have Jesus in common, but they were very different, and they have to work as a as a team. And I think that TV series is doing a masterful job of creating the backstory for all of them.
0: Uh, I won't get into all the details, but there is, and I think this has been parsed out a little bit more recently, but when I first heard it, I was shocked because, um, well, basically all the pictures you see like in Sunday school and, you know, uh, the old pictures of the disciples depicting Jesus and the disciples, like disciples like old men, like grown men, but actually there's a lot of evidence and reason to believe that of the disciples and Jesus, only Jesus and Peter were above, were older than 20 that most of these people were probably between 15 and 18. Um, and so, like for instance, there's one thing, when Jesus gave money to Peter to go pay the taxes at the temple, he only gave enough money for two people. It was Jesus and Peter. Um, and so presumably the rest weren't old enough to have to pay taxes. Um, but there's other things too. But anyway, that gets uh, to your mind. I, these aren't even like, you know, not even just grown men are like mature, you know, these are a bunch of teenagers out there. I mean, you can imagine some of the conversations they're having. An episode
2: <laughs> where he calls them sons of is It's a good scene. Where
0: he yeah. Them oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Great, great pickup. Um, what else? What else is highlighted? You gotta dig for this one a little bit more, right? It's not as uh, kind of juicy of a story on the face, but but there's a lot here.
2: Yeah, for me, it's the power of word of mouth. I mean, in a time when there are no phones or texting or anything like that, and the distances that they're describing there. Yes. I mean, the,
3: the thirst that people have at the time. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, you you picked up on it. I mean, just crowds of people coming from everywhere. Billy, you kind of picked up on it in your rendition. You know, they're coming from all of these cities everywhere. In fact, if you could go to that map slide, I'll just show you because I was curious. You, you read all these cities and you don't register what, what they are when you're reading it because, you know, they're a little foreign. But just when it says Sidon and Tyre, you've got up from the north here. You've got Jerusalem down here. They're at the Sea of Galilee right here. Um, east of the Jordan is this kind of area over here. And they said Judea is down here. Idumea is down here. Um, and so you've literally got this huge radius. I mean, I think that's the point that Mark is trying to say, is that people are coming from everywhere. I mean, this is over 100 miles away, uh, just for context, Mediterranean Sea. Um, you know, in the Sea of Galilee, it wasn't like a, you know, I mean, it was a a big deal, but it wasn't like a Mecca center, you know, like they're coming from everywhere. Why? Victor, because of word of mouth, I mean, they're coming here. Um, One of the cool things too, just as you're seeing this, one of the commentators said, you know, I can't, I trust some of this, but that, um, that this was basically the region of the original Israel as well. And so there are some parallels of, well, you know, obviously there have been, Assyrians came in and some of the tribes were separated you know there have been a lot of uh, change since the original but this is almost basically like um, circling the original original nation of Israel um, as well which there's another signal in there I won't get to just hold that thought we'll we'll get to it differently there's kind of a theme emerging from these two stories as well Um, but you can see just the popularity of Jesus everyone is interested in This miracle worker, what what he's doing. What else do you notice? He gave
3: nicknames to some of the apostles,
0: but not all the apostles. Yes, he gave nicknames. At least it's recorded that we have names of a few of the apostles, uh, nicknames for a few. So the son of sons of thunder, uh, you know Simon. He gave the name Peter. Here it doesn't say it immediately, but but a couple of chapters when we when Josie spoke, he talked about Levi, and now he's referred to as Matthew, um, which Matthew's name means uh, gift of God. Peter is obviously the rock. So even even if it's not as apparent, there are some of these nicknames that are coming out as well. Yeah. What do you, so looking at this passage, what can you glean, what can you learn about G, the character of Jesus or the character of God? What do you learn about God or Jesus from the story?
3: It doesn't seem to get frustrated at the, the inconvenience of all the crowds, it's actually dealing them. Yes. And causing unclean spirits to go out as well it's like he's still on his mission to bring heaven to earth even though it's like chaos yes he literally says the people that are sick like with diseases or, or trying to press around to him to touch him yes i just feel like he could really kind of you know he has no, no physical space yeah he's literally getting like yeah. he that they're gonna crush
0: him yes no and it's he, good and he's like doing it yeah no that's a so good point out that the original language there is literally like describing a mob uh it's like i mean he is he's asking for a boat for his safety because he's going to get crushed and when
2: you're in the mountain when you go to the mountain the attitude that area i mean you get in a boat go into the middle of the gallery the lake and then they're like all on the shore <laughs> yes. watching you ready unless you're going to swim in and you have some yeah. protection
0: And it actually says he he went to that area to withdraw. Like he went, and so he's interrupted. Again, the crowds, we talked a lot about the crowds. You know, they want things from Jesus. They don't actually like listening to what he says he is. Yeah. And yet he still seems, you know, undeterred, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean,
1: it continues to build this nuance of what Jesus' mission was. So it's not just like Jesus just came to make planet Earth better, because he's he's he keeps pushing back the crowds. You know, he's he heals, but he's also um, telling them to be quiet. He doesn't want word to get around. And you see this strange, you know, we live with the sense of like it's all just about expansion. Whereas for Jesus, there's actually that's almost getting in the way of what his actual mission is, which seems to be this like father son. Divine mission, inner mission, which ultimately is, is the cross and the resurrection, and so there's this sense of, I think, I just think he's, you know, the whole bigger is better. It's all just about kind of removing of discomfort from planet Earth. It's just not that doesn't seem to be mm-hmm. his big metric. It's not like, of course, he's deeply compassionate and he's doing lots of good but there is this really interesting like be quiet and then almost like not running away from the crowds but deliberately try, trying to do that because he, he, had, he basically for him obedience obedience is success to his father and he yeah. seems so clear on that even though it means like there must have been people like screaming please don't go don't go i need you to heal myself you know there must have been like real emotional pressure for him just to keep his power flowing. But so anyway, I don't know, it's just yeah, it a different too.
0: picture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even on the same I mean it's kind of a similar a dip, but different. I mean he's operating not just on the physical. A lot of people are, are coming to him for the physical. But but you know, in this passage it's connected to the spiritual. He's casting mm-hmm. out demons. And there's this whole spiritual element of it. He, Jesus is clearly seeing Life through lens of not just the physical, but he's also operating in the spiritual at the same time. Yeah,
1: and also just another thing, like it's interesting. It says whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out. What the heck does that mean? The impure spirits were obviously visible, and they're falling down. And it's interesting. They are. They are. The demons are saying you. you you, we know who you are
0: mm-hmm.
1: so at one level the criticism has been all these crowds are just just consuming but they don't understand who jesus is but it's so ironic that the demons do know who he is but he doesn't he doesn't want them to, yeah he doesn't want them to to to, to, to spread the word because yeah. it's going to get in the way of the mission yeah they understand his identity yeah it's
3: interesting because right, right after that he then calls his apostles and one of their roles when yeah. I'm there he, he's designating people to be to declare who he is right. not the demons he wants his mm-hmm. the apostles to be the he declaring and up until this point that he's just been doing everything and now he's you know the crowds are so many now now he's yeah. calling
0: specific people to help his yeah yeah fascinating there's a lot going on here Um, yeah I'm glad glad we're picking up on all these things a lot of the commentators are confused (laughs) they don't know why Jesus commanded the demons not to not to proclaim the name I mean there's a lot of theories around one is that he wasn't ready for his identity to be out there yet because the Romans would have taken issue to the fact that there was a king that wasn't Caesar you know uh, know, other, other people think Jesus didn't want to your point the demons to be the one to announce his name. They they're not worthy of announcing this to to the crowds. I guess like
1: what's the word preach? Like you know, if they're meant to preach, what
3: does that mean? Does that mean declaring Jesus is God? Does that mean what are they
0: preaching? Yeah, it does not mean standing up on a stage <laughs> at 10 a.m. on a Sunday and and giving a message. That's for sure. Yeah, the, the the from what I've read in it, the, the theme is much more just as you go, proclaiming the goodness about Jesus, yeah, who who Jesus is, um, and you see that as he sends out, he will send out the disciples two by two, just to go into the town, go into the villages, and proclaim and, to your point, uh, Ryan, cast out the demons, have the authority to go do, do this stuff. Um, so, which is awesome, tie into your story this morning. Um, Well, let me dive in just a few things that I've noticed, too. I mentioned there's a lot of contrasts here. You've got Jesus at a lake, and then he's going to a mountain. You've got the crowds that are clamoring over Jesus, and then Jesus calling the twelve. You've got um, the demons naming Jesus, and then you've got Jesus naming the disciples. You've got Jesus doing all the stuff versus... Now there's a shift where Jesus is calling the disciples to do this stuff, as we've talked about. Um, and, uh, and, and one of the things that I, I won't um, talk about too much, but it was interesting. In addition to the map, we talked about kind of the redrawing the lines of the old Israel. Um, also, I think a lot of people have picked up on the fact, how many people did he call to be in his posse? It was 12. What does that remind you of? Twelve tribes. If I had to ask you, how many uh, how many um, representatives does California have in the House of Representatives? Can any of you answer? No, I couldn't. <laughs> but everyone would have known that there were twelve tribes of Israel. This isn't you know that's important, and I think I think one of the things Jesus could be signaling here that some of the commentators have pointed out that. He's actually fashioning a new community that's to be a new Israel. And and there's all these signals pointing out that he's doing something here that's a little more significant than just calling 12. You don't just call 12. That was a significant part of what's going on here. But what I want to focus on today is, just in our little time left, is actually the second story. We picked up a lot of awesome stuff in the first story. And really right along the lines of what Ryan was talking about. Um, so fascinating what Jesus um, said and what he did in that time of the mountain he he did basically three things and you're going to be proud of me because they all start with a CH uh, yes Tom um, so I think I think what Jesus did uh, is he showed us that we are chosen we are charged and then we are changed so chosen charged and change, changed, and I, I want to kind of walk through it. So if yeah, if you go with me to, uh, yeah, yeah, so verses, um, verse 13, and he went up to the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, the NIV says, those whom he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12, that word appointed, um, which he also named apostles, that appointed means um, maybe not just like designated, but there's actually a sense in the original language of like named. It almost like goes back to like Genesis one where God was naming what was to be, uh, he, you know. So he appointed and he, but he named, like there was something significant going on there. He, he designated them as set apart, something different. Apostles, basically the idea there is like emissaries or like ambassadors. Someone who represents another authority and, and is sent out with a mess, with a message, and with authority. Why? So that they might be with him. He might send them out to preach and have authority to cast demons. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. But basically, if you look at, um, I think there's been more teaching here recently. But if you look at like the, the rabbi system of that day. Um, Typically, I mean, to become a rabbi, there was a phrase that was thrown around that a teacher would teach, would be like a teacher, but he wouldn't be more than that. He would teach with authority. He would have something that would be like almost a power from God on him. And we've heard that. They called Jesus a teacher who taught with authority. They didn't didn't recognize he wasn't just a teacher, he taught with authority. And typically, about the age of 30, um, those types of people would would be named as rabbis. They would be named as like a special teacher. And uh, in that system there, uh, most people by the age of about eight, eight, most of the students would have kind of dropped out of school and, and joined their father's trade, if you're a, a, a man. Um, by the age of 12, 13, 14, if you're a lady, you're probably already getting married. So, um, So, but by the age of eight, you would would typically drop out. So those who were like superstars, they would then go on to a school and be called students. From eight to 15, they would be students teaching. They'd be memorizing the Old Testament, memorizing the book of Leviticus, like, you know, really diving in. And then, if you were really, really good, at age of about 15, you would go and pursue a rabbi someone that taught with authority and you would you would work really hard to pursue them and they would have to i mean you would travel with them you would they would quiz you they would have you recite the old testament and then for those that like passed the test who made it they would be invited to come and to be with the rabbi they would invite it to be there um, <clears throat> one commentator i read I don't know how they know this, but (laughs) they said it was probably like the ratio of people, like total students that were able to make that step and become disciples. At age 15, if you're accepted by a rabbi, then you would have the designation of disciples. It would be about one in 10,000. It was like making the MBA, right? (laughs) Like one, like that's kind of how it was. And what we see here actually is the exact opposite, right? I mean, we've talked about this before, but Jesus... Is coming after them where does he find them in like uh, like a uh, uh, fisherman like casting like going after fish we read the story of like Levi the tax collector he's obviously doing the trade that likely doing the trade that uh, his father was doing these are people that already like had dropped out of the system that hadn't made it and he came after them and said I choose you so I think that's um, that's fascinating and it's like completely different, and of course, it's why like people. It says the disciples just dropped their nets when he called them after them. Because at this point, he was the most popular guy in the whole region from a hundred years, hundred miles around, right? And he's actually choosing and wanting these people. Um, I think that's significant. I mean, it, it, it reminds me. I mean, if you go fast forward a little bit in the story in John 15, Jesus says, "You did not choose me, but I chose you." And appointed you that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name the Father will give you and I think there is a sense in which like it's an incredible thing to think about that we did not choose Jesus like we're sitting here not because we're smart enough to have figured it out or we earned it or anything and there's a sense even if like I, I mean I think if you're sitting in here and you like are even, maybe like you're even wondering if you are a Christian, like if you are like, do I actually believe this or not? Like going through a faith. There is a sense actually like if, if there's anything in you that is like drawing you towards Jesus or like drawing you towards faith and you're like almost tempted to, like you, you don't want to believe, but you're almost tempted to believe. Like there's almost a sense like, is it like could that be actually Jesus calling you and choosing you? I and mean, we've all heard those stories of people that like, just had this nagging sense and i think we see here just from the very beginning jesus was very clear he chose the disciples right what what did he chose them to do um the second one chosen and then charged so he, and then he gave him three specific things so today here i think we can we can take comfort we can be encouraged we were chosen by jesus but what the three thing what does actually jesus want from us he actually gives us a mission he charges us with a purpose and it says just as Ryan pointed out to be with him to be with him to go and preach which kind of freaks me out right (laughs) and to cast out demons to actually have power and authority there's like an in and an out here like he's drawing them in to be with Jesus but also like and exhale, like, to go out, to go do stuff. Um, but I think it's amazing to think about, like, our primary first task that he calls us to. It is, like, being with him, right? Like, actually being able to, to be with Jesus. And there's kind of two sides of this. I mean, this is amazing. Like, he, he invites us to be with him, but he actually, like, wants to be with us. <laughs> like, he doesn't, he's not, like, ashamed of us. Like, anywhere we're going, I think you're your word this morning just encouraging us like actually he's with us we're with him we're not British or American Like we're actually our primary identity is with Jesus mm-hmm. some of you know I uh, <laughs> I uh, I won the lottery this weekend I have a, um, a, I was able to go to game five of the Warriors uh, finals which was amazing um, but over the weekend it was a Monday night game over the weekend uh, a vendor called me up and they're trying to sell me um, in in our business, trying to get us to buy their services. He said, I got a ticket to game five, one ticket in the suite, do you wanna go? And I was like, can I take this, like ethically? Like this is amazing. I looked up the the ticket value and they were like literally the cheapest value in the stands was like $850, like nosebleed section. And like, I've got sweet, like all you can drink, all you can eat, like everything. And then, you know, Monday, Monday morning call. Actually, I got another one. I got a plus one. Do you want to gun And so I got these tickets. I mean, they're probably, you know, at least $2,000. It's crazy. Um, and then saw so this company. Well, I won't even name the name. It's a vendor. And I stroll up, you know, we stroll up to Chase uh, Arena, go up to the club floor, of the suite lounge. You know, they, they hand us a drink as we're walking into the lobby <laughs> of this, like, suite lounge. It's incredible. Like, I, I go into, I mean, it's like basically... Like half court, like just right. I mean, it's just incredible. It's, it's unbelievable. All you can eat food, all you can eat drink, whatever. And uh, you know, no one asked, "Who are you? Like, why are you here? How much did you pay to get in here?" It's like, no, I'm with, I'm with this vendor. Like, I'm supposed to be here. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> you know, like that's kind of the sense that I get from reading this. It's like we're with Jesus. Like, do you know who called us? Like. He chose us. Like they called up, Like he called us in the weekend. I got these tickets. You want to come in? You want to? You want to be? You want to be my disciple? Like that's the sense, which I think is so cool. Um, the other side of it, though, is like with Jesus. It's like we're with Jesus and the good. But do you remember um, what they said of Peter the night that Jesus was betrayed, and they were crucifying him? How they recognized Peter. What did they say about him? Weren't you with Jesus? Weren't you with Jesus? So there's like an actual, there's a cost to being with Jesus too, isn't there? Like it's not just being a part of the crowds and getting all the stuff. But it's actually like being with Jesus in his suffering too. Um, So I think that's a cool part of it. Um, You know, I won't won't go into everything, but we already talked about like the preaching. I mean, it's something that I even feel convicted about even... um, like preparing for this, I don't know if you are like me, but in a city like San Francisco, I'm like I'm constantly like introducing myself, meeting new people. We were at uh, like a, a parents meet and greet for Josie's school the other night, and like introducing, and and someone asked us like, you know, why did you move to San Francisco? And my go-to is always oh, you know, like Kelsey's family is from the area, and uh, we just wanted to be close to family, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, you know, if you know us, the truth is, like, yeah, that's part of it. But, like, we felt that like God has called us to be part of this church. But there's nothing in me when I'm meeting someone new that says, like, yeah, I want to, I came here to, like, plant a church in San Francisco <laughs> to proclaim Jesus. You know, like, um, like I just, I, I can't even say the reason that I, Wanted to come to San Francisco was to plant this church, or to help part, be part of this. Um, and like I was just so like I'm so like nervous. Even just saying that, that's the environment like, that that we breathe. It feels like. Um, and I'm just praying that God would like help me to like be able to preach the good news about Him, even in those interactions. Just like being, yeah, like we part of this amazing community that wants to like bless San Francisco and see people, you know, thrive. And see people have fine new life, you know, through Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Like, it's such, so, I mean, anyway, I, get, I think you get the point. Hopefully, yeah. I'm not the only one that's just like a, like a, a nervous, like, uh, you know, wimp about that kind of stuff. But, um, but I'm just praying that, like, actually God would enable me to preach more. And then, and then the, the uh, like having the authority to actually cast out demons. It's crazy. I mean, but I don't think. I don't think he's only referring to the miraculous here i mean how many of you like know people that are bogged down by lies about their identity that are like you know just wrecked and they're they're believing lies they've given themselves over to ideologies that are harming them i mean you know ultimately the world says it's going to free them but actually cripples them and i think it's so cool to think about like actually you have been anointed, appointed, named, created whatever by God to go out into the world and actually set people free um, and it can be some miraculous things like like you talked about walking the streets of Mexico or it can just be actually the right word a sense of a bible verse a sense of a picture something, an encouragement that can just free people up and he hasn't even just called you to do that he says he's given you authority there's a difference between like having authority and then having power and Jesus has given us both. We have authority and we have the power. Um, so not to, to belabor that point. Um, the third thing, so chosen, charged, and then changed. He actually has changed us. And we, we talked about this a little bit. John, right, um, was nicknamed the Son of Thunder. That's not actually only a nickname. I think we've talked about this before in scripture by the time he is to pen first john second john third john in his old age he's not known as the son of thunder does anyone remember what his nickname is at that point oh. the, the apostle yeah. of love yeah the, the beloved one or yeah. yeah, so, so
1: jesus actually calls him son, sons of thunder yeah. <laughs> i never remember was that i wow.
0: think so no, keep think me honest
2: yeah Chosen to, see to whom he gave. To pick, yeah. The yeah they are being did attacked it. by, you know, mainstream Jews, yeah. and they pick up the disciples, pick up stones, and they kind of get heated, and, right. and Jesus calls them sons of thunder and kind of rebukes them
1: for
0: being violent, and right. in return for wow. violence. And it's a good little scene. Yeah, I vaguely
1: yeah. remember that one, yeah. but I hadn't taken that in.
0: Yeah. So just, I mean, just to give you a sense of John, if you remember. He was the same guy that, I mean, him and his brother, that like once when Jesus went in to preach and his message was not received into a town, he wanted to call down flames from heaven to burn up that city. (laughs) You know, he wanted to napalm that city uh, just because they weren't responding to Jesus' message. That's John, right, that will be called the apostle of love. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) He's also the guy that gets his mom to go over and hustle Jesus to like get a place at his right hand in heaven. You know, like he couldn't even do it himself. He gets his mom to go to like do it for him, right? I mean, this is John. This is who Jesus is working with here, right? Peter, like he's the guy that is rebuked by Jesus because Jesus said he was going to be turned over and he said, no, no, no. I mean, he's rebuked. He's rebuked by Jesus for rebuking Jesus for, for following God's plan, right? And this is a guy that, like, cuts off a dude's ear. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, you yeah, know, this is how so you're going to start your church with, Jesus. Good luck. Um, but yet, even here, before all of that, he gives him the name Peter, the rock. Like, even here, which I think gives us great encouragement, several of us, may have had words spoken over us or feel identity or feel like a promise over us and you're like that's not me right now do you know who, did you get the right person god and actually like god gives these identities before actually we see the full fruit happen doesn't he like there's a trajectory that he sends these disciples on he he, he names them we talked about it Levi tax collector hated you know by his presumably hated by his peers Given the name Matthew, gift of God, he's a gift. That guy's a gift. I don't know. Yes, he's a gift. You know, that's what Jesus says. Um, I just think it's fascinating. Again, I I presume, I don't know, I presume everyone else has some nicknames too. I mean, teenagers in boats together, traveling all over. You know, but but we just get an insight into a few of them. I'm not sure though. Um, But you do get the sense that Jesus is intimate with these people. Right, like he's getting to know them he's joking around with them uh, sons of thunder you know and he's, he's getting to know their families and, uh, and yet like he doesn't keep them where they're at there's a trajectory I and mean, we've talked already about just how, so I won't go into it, but just how eclectic this group is, this is the zealot with the tax collector, I mean all sorts of people, again, group of teenagers just chumming along and yet this is the group that Jesus decides to change the world with. In fact, if you go forward, and when I he said in that at that meal, You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit. I mean this is only three years into Jesus' ministry. This may be a year already into Jesus' ministry. Um, they're expecting to be with Jesus until he's thirty, if they're in that rabbi system. They're expecting to be with Jesus probably for another 10, 12 years. And Jesus is saying, I'm leaving I've appointed you to do good for but I've chosen you. I've charged you, and I'm going to change you through it as well. Um, First, I'll I'll end with two things. One a verse, and then one a quote. Verse, this reminds me of 1 Corinthians 26. Think about this verse in light of what we just talked about. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let no one who boasts boast. Sorry, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Not many of us, noble birth. Not many of us were wise by human standards. Not many of us are influential. And God chose us. He charged us, and He will change us. I'm going to um, end with a quote from uh, one commentary. Uh, found uh, Kent Hughes. Following Jesus meant an immensely expanded life. The horizon of these fishermen's lives was bound by the margins of Galilee. Once in a while they went downtown to Jerusalem for a festival, but by and large they knew little more than the deck of their boat, the currents of the lake, and the handful of people in the marketplace. Their conversation consisted of trade talk, local gossip, family affairs, in Galilean politics, in a word, they were remarkably provincial, even to the extent of having their own telltale accent. Remember, they identified Peter with a Galilean accent, don't you? In the night that Jesus betrayed. Then Jesus, then Christ came, and the horizon of possibility for their lives completely opened. Fishermen who were destined to live and die in that one village in the place of galilee came the world john was to become bishop of ephesus peter went to rome and andrew went as far as the borders of russia their hearts were enlarged and the horizon of possibility was so large that the whole world became available to them in following jesus their minds once circumscribed and committed to the smallest interest now overflowed with deep thoughts. They became theologians, thinkers, sociologists, psychologists, and strategists, all because of the gospel. Following Christ eliminates the trivial and expands our hearts. Christ has not changed today. He still expands and enlarges the horizons of the lives that choose to follow him. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the story. We thank you that it's true that you chose us, that we did not choose you. We can't boast. There's nothing that we've done to find you, and yet you came after us. You picked us out of the crowds, Father, and you said, come with me. I got some plans for you. God, I just thank you for that. I thank you that you're not done with us yet, Father, that you've given us a new identity, but you're helping us move towards that day by day by day until we meet you face-to-face, Jesus. And I just pray in this room that if there's any of us that think too highly of ourselves or honestly think too lowly, Mm -hmm. that think we have something to contribute on our own or that think that, man, we are too low for this. We can't do this task in front of us. I just pray that you lift our heads to you, Father. Jesus. And I pray, uh, God, that you remind us, that you call us by name, you choose us, and that you've given us a purpose and a mission and a promise that you're going to keep working on us. And we do pray, Father, that, that we can look back over a, a life well-lived and see your hand changing us, that we would be transformed from sons and daughters of thunder into apostles of love, Father. We just pray, Father. Would you help us? Would you encourage us? We thank you, Jesus. Um, this is all done by your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to actually—I don't know how much time we have. We have five minutes. I want to actually end by doing an exercise. That's cool. Um, we used to do this in Nashville a bit, and uh, and it's really simple. I want to ask three questions. I want you to ask three questions that I'll give you to Jesus right now. Um, I'll have, if you want, you can share it. I'll have a couple of people share their answers. But this can be between you and Jesus, so, like, don't worry about it. But it could be helpful either, if you don't have a pen and paper, you can even get a note app out on your phone or something. Maybe write these down. But the three que- I'm going to lead you to some three questions. Whatever comes to your mind, from you know what Jesus might be speaking to you, just, just lean into it. Um, and you, know, you don't have to slave over these. Just what is Jesus saying to you? So let's just stay in silence for a couple minutes, and I'll feed you these questions. And the first question is this. Father, am I yours? Father, am I yours? second question is this first question father in my It's the second question what do you want to say to me what do you want me to know